0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutroux. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Welcome to the Game Changer podcast. I am honored today to be speaking with Mr. Cole Hatter, For the second time today, as our first round uh, was a bit technically challenged, so I appreciate his patience in helping me get through this. That being said, outside of being incredibly patient, here's a little bit more about Cole Hatter. He has a podcast of his own called Fearless Minds Podcast. He has a blog that you can find on colehatter.com. He has a book coming out about making money and giving back, which is uh, perfectly in alignment with a big conference that he has put together in Las Vegas from October 16th to 18th called Thrive. And the purpose of it is to, change your life, really connect you with a lot of other like-minded people who have the intention of making a positive impact in the world. As soon as this came out, I couldn't wait to buy my ticket, which I did immediately, and uh, can't wait to uh, go. On top of that, he speaks uh, endlessly at engagements all over on marketing, entrepreneurship, raising money. Uh, the list goes on. Um, last time I left out the fact that he is also an avid surfer. So now, oh, and uh, recently married and a little girl. This time, Cole, is there anything that I left out that you would like to add?
1: No, this time you nailed absolutely everything, but I love that you threw patient in there. I got to show my wife this intro and say, <laughs> look what she said, patient, because <laughs> she would say that uh, that's not one of my stronger qualities. So right on.
0: Well, today you certainly have been with me, so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no worries. Technical difficulties are all part of the game.
0: Yes, they are. So speaking of that, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about that, about difficulties and challenges and and the roads that we take to get where we're going. Some people show up in the world and know exactly the path they're meant to be on and what they're meant to do. And other people kind of stumble and take a few twists and turns getting to where they ultimately wind up. Which path would you say you are on? The kind of straight and narrow of knowing what you should be doing? Or did you kind of take some detours along the way?
1: Yeah. And like we talked about before, I'm, I'm both uh, in junior high school, I decided that I wanted to get into a career where I could see my work making difference in people's lives, not just making an income, but in addition to making money, somehow seeing a measurable, a measurable difference in other people's lives. And so I looked at joining the military. I considered that for a while. I had some you know, friends. I'm, I'm in eighth grade, so, or actually I was in seventh grade, so I'm maybe 13 years old or something, but I had some of my oldest sister's friends who are in the military as 18, 19-year-olds and thought that looked kind of cool. Uh, I looked at being a a doctor. I looked at being a police officer and, like you, decided to be a firefighter. I thought that that was the best way for me to be able to give back, save lives, play with fire, and someone was willing to pay me for it. I thought it was a perfect combination. So, you know, as I entered into that career, uh, it was something that I would say I always knew I wanted to do since the beginning. However, like you, that career ended. And uh, as I got into entrepreneurship, now what I'm doing today professionally is a total, like, you know, the second part of your question a series of events that have sent me down crazy roads that I never thought would be a part of my future where uh, I'm still fulfilling the purpose I feel that is on my life. Uh, wanting to be a firefighter was, again, being able to make a difference in people's lives. And through entrepreneurship now and the time freedom and financial freedom it's it's blessed me with, I'm able to run my nonprofit, which is based in uh, five of the seven continents around the world where we're doing a bunch of different initiatives so that at the end of the day, I'm doing exactly what I always wanted to do. I'm doing work where I see my efforts making a difference in people's lives. But if you would have told me as a 13-year-old that I would be, a, you know, an entrepreneur traveling the world, speaking, starting businesses, selling them, investing in companies and, uh, you know, building orphanages, schools, etc., I would have thought you were crazy yet uh, through life circumstances, here I am. So again, long answer to saying, I think I fit into both categories, always wanting to make a difference, having no idea, that I would end up where I am today, but being grateful that that I've arrived at least where I am today and excited to see where I go.
0: Very cool. And I think a lot of our listeners are gonna be able to relate to that in uh, knowing that they're here for a bigger purpose and trying to figure out exactly what that purpose is. I think that's probably a lot of what the intention is behind your upcoming conference in Las Vegas, is that right?
1: Oh, totally, yeah. So the point of Thrive specifically and just kind of my message to the world is all of us wanna have a meaningful, we wanna live lives that matter. I mean, nobody wants to be unnoticed, unimportant. And no one cared that you were here with the time that you have here. uh, We want to do something, right? That's why we have award ceremonies like uh, the Oscars and the Grammys. Like we like to do a work and be recognized for it. That's just how we're wired. We also love to mean something to someone. That's why we watch all these shows, these reality shows of, of, uh, I'm trying to think of what is extreme home makeover where, you know, this guy goes and he buys a or, Builds a house in in a week for these families that were living in dilapidated homes. Why do we as an audience get emotional watching a family get the keys to their new home? Because you're watching a meaningful act be done to someone and to be personally experienced as opposed to watching it on TV, being a part of a meaningful movement or act in another person's life, no matter who an individual is, what language they speak, man, woman, race, religion, that's something that does something to us uh, emotionally and even biochemistry, like it changes your chemistry. And so what I have found is since we all want to be you know, recognized and do meaningful work at whatever degree and level that is having money makes it easier to do that. When you're in a position of literally having to focus every day on survival, you can have the most philanthropic altruistic heart in the world of all you want to do is give back. But if you are again in, in a survival State where you're doing everything you can to keep your mortgage paid, your lights on, your rent paid, your cell phone on, whatever. Even though you've got a great heart and great character, you're limited to the capacity of the difference you can make. And so, what I want to show people to do is have them acknowledge that. That at every level, we love to a be recognized and b uh, do something that matters to people. So then, b how are you going to do it? Well, you need to have the financial capability of, of making a bigger impact. And so that's what we're going to show people how to do it thrive. And that's really the message is put yourself in a financial position, uh, whether it be through entrepreneurship or the career that you're in of getting to a financial position where you and your needs are taken care of. And now you can start focusing outwards to your own family, whether it be like my, my wife and my daughter, or, you know, for any listener who your immediate family are, and then start going outward from there to your extended family, to your local community. And then if, if you're so blessed to, to make a difference in the entire world. And uh, that's what Thrive's about. Show people how to make money and then make money matter. And uh, that's really what I'm about right now uh, as, as far as what I'm trying to live and uh, what I'm trying to help other people do as well.
0: Very cool. Well, like I said, I can't wait to go. And it's uh, absolutely in alignment with what the Game Changer podcast is all about, as well as people who are out changing the game. And that is the truth. The the amount that you're able to change the game typically is also very related to the amount of money that you have in order to really make a, a very big and significant difference. That being said, I want to roll back because there are a lot of things that you covered that I want to break down a little bit, starting back with uh, the firefighter commonality. In the first attempt at the interview, I actually touched on this and then didn't on this one. So for those people that aren't aware of this, uh, both Cole and I uh, were firefighters in the state of Washington and kind of tripped across that accidentally, not at the same time, but in cities that were just uh, a little bit apart from one another. So this question may seem... A little odd. One firefighter asking another firefighter a- about taking risk because a lot of people see firefighting as risky, which it's it's really not as long as you are you know, know what you're doing and you're w- with a good, solid crew. It, it really isn't as risky as what it may seem. But that being said, there's a lot of risk in being an entrepreneur. And I know that there's a lot of listeners who maybe are in a corporate job and think that they would like to branch out, out on their own or they would like to make a difference somehow. But there's going to be a bit of risk involved in doing that, a bit of the unknown. So for you in that regard, what's the most significant risk you think you've had to take in this entrepreneurial journey that you've been on that is far different than the risks of say, you know, choosing to be a firefighter?
1: Sure. Well, yeah, when I uh, when I'm listening to you ask that question, you know, I'm going back over my whole career of The times where I really put myself out there and since we've just been on the subject of thrive I think that that would be the fastest answer since people know the context now of the event Um, I've never done an event before I've spoken at hundreds Uh, being a speaker at events that someone else has organized I literally hopped on a plane showed up said what I had to say got on a plane and left and that was all I thought about it I have a lot of experience in, but doing the organization, uh, putting up the capital, et cetera. I mean, I have invested just over $500,000 into thrive because I believe that much in it. I am the only investor. I have no partners in it. I have a lot of people helping me build it, of course, but financial partners, like it's my neck on the line. It's only my signature on all these contracts with speakers and with, with, um, the Mandalay Bay where it's being held in Vegas. And so even more than the monetary a risk because I've leveraged more than $500,000 at a time before for the companies and real estate and all the stuff I've invested in. I've put a lot more than 500 grand at a time, but it was always something tangible, right? There was a house or land so that if all hell broke loose, I could still sell and get a majority of my money back. Or I had partners, people who were uh, sharing the risk and helping hedge against my loss because there were several of us that you know were in it together Thrive is all on me. Uh, But even greater than monetary is my name's all over this. And so to put that my neck on the line this much for something I've never, ever been the host or creator of before, uh, and to be as public, right? That if Thrive were a failure, which it's not, we're close enough to see now that it's going to be a massive success. But as you know, all the way back in March, when we started planning this thing, and I started writing checks in March, uh this was this is a public spectacle. It's all over Facebook, it's all over everywhere. And if this thing would have failed, I wouldn't have just lost 500 grand, I would have failed in front of the entire world. And so I would say that to date this is one of the biggest risks uh not just financially. Again, I've taken larger financial risk, but as far as that I'm the only person that has anything to lose and it's in a space that I've never done before. I've never organized event. I've only spoken at them before. So, you know, I I would say to date uh again that this would be it without having to bring through all the individual real estate deals or businesses I've bought. I've taken big risk there too. But uh, again, I would say that right now thrive is probably, probably the biggest risk I've taken so far. And likewise, big risk, big reward. It, it will be the most rewarding risk I've taken to see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lives from people all over the world that are flying to come to thrive, uh, that their lives have been changed forever. There's no better return on my investment than that. So I would say today, that's probably the big one.
0: So, cool. This kind of really walks me right into my next question, which is, especially since you're in the middle of the biggest risk that you've uh, taken yet, is daily rituals. What you do to stay focused, to not let stress or worry or fear or anything else get in the way, but to be able to stay on task and keep this thing moving uh, one day at a time forward, what is it that is part of your daily practice to keep you centered and grounded and focused in order to pull off, like you said, the biggest risk that you've taken to date?
1: So this is something, this is one of my weak spots. And this is something that I'm working this year on to get better at. I don't do a single thing every day, which I think I should, but I definitely have daily something. And what those things are, my outlets to help maintain my focus is to just remove myself altogether from business. Uh, I do CrossFit pretty, pretty regularly, at least five days a week. Uh, and so that hour is something that is very good for me to be physically struggling. I mean, if anybody understands cross, or I guess maybe some people don't know what CrossFit is. It's basically circuit training. It's where you'll do five or six movements, three or five different rounds of it. And it's, it's exhausting. Something about that's therapeutic to me. I can't be answering a phone call, emails or any of that. And I'm physically exerting myself. That's helpful. We talked about surfing, something about being in the ocean and being surrounded by nature is very peaceful. Uh again no cell phones no phones nothing uh emails nothing works out in the ocean uh and also cars uh cars are like therapy to me um I'm a car collector and a couple of them are race cars and so you know my wife even knows this now she'll see me have a frustrating day and she'll be like go drive and I'll hop in one of my cars and I'll take off and you know even if it's just a quick 20 minute drive around my community or something uh you know get out on the toll road and come back something about being behind the wheel of one of my favorite cars is therapeutic for me as well. So probably any of those three things I gar- I do every day. I'm either driving a car, I'm in CrossFit, I'm in the ocean, or maybe several on the same day. And those three things are really my outlet for me staying sane, staying focused, and not completely losing my mind. What I need to do better is maybe every day do one of them, right? Instead of sporadically one here, one here, Uh, But those are those are my big stress relievers helping me stay focused and keep moving forward right now.
0: Got it. Well, I I know this one you have to have nailed because anybody who's ever listened to you, certainly whether it's on this podcast or any place else, knows that you are incredibly positive and upbeat. And I would imagine have found a way to consistently deal with naysayers or people who are negative or doubters or people who show up and say, Cole, you're crazy. You've never done a conference in your life. How in the world do you think you can pull something like this off? How do you deal with those obstacles, whether they're real or perceived in our self-talk that might sometimes be negative and get in our way? How do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, so that's another area where you're, you're like, this is like therapy for Cole. That's another area where I'm working. So I do my best to completely eliminate them. As far as like my negative friends that just suck, let's be real, that we we're childhood friends. And as they became adult, created beliefs around things that just are no longer in alignment. And it you know it's all part of growing up that they were your best buds you played high school or college football with, and it was fun while it lasts. But now that they're adults that have decided that the world's out to get them or whatever, the way that their mindset has shifted, some people need to be cut from your life. So So if I have control over the individuals, I just ignore them period. Like not just ignore them, don't listen to them. Like they're just gone and I don't hear from them anymore. Uh, That's, that's one thing. And I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, no one, regardless of how long you've known this individual has the right to try to ruin what you're creating. And, as difficult or sad as it may be, there are seasons of life where people may come and go. And I've had people who were cut, who are now different, more mature or whatever, and are back in my life again. I was you know, hanging out with people that I haven't seen in, in many years. So number one, do your best to just completely avoid those that you know are chronically negative, the, the cynical naysayers. But number two, there are just randoms. I mean, with with like the advertising we're doing for Thrive right now, I'll have people write right on my Facebook ad, this is a scam or something like that. And it's like, what? Is wrong with your freaking brain to think that this is like how could this even be what like people are gonna buy a ticket and there's really no event like how could this even be a scam like what is wrong with your mind to say something like that so then there's you know the, the general public who you'll always hear these naysayers that are out there and how do i deal with them simple i i have the blessing, I guess you'd say, of having laser focus, which is crazy for someone with with as much ADHD as I have to be able to laser focus. But I have the bigger mission. And I know, and I've visualized in my mind a thousand times what Thrive is going to do for me as an entrepreneur, what it's going to do for my audience, and what it's going to do for the world. Thrive is not just an event, it's going to be a movement. And so, I mean, and we keep talking about Thrive, but whatever it is in business, if I come across someone who's a naysayer, I have already in my mind experienced the success of the event. That's something I learned early from a business coach is having like visualization practices. I've heard Tim Ferriss talk a lot about these as well. This is not a new concept. I actually choose to do it because you know, a lot of people hear a lot of great stuff and just fail to ever try it. So I I call it meditation or whatever it's. it's, I I don't think it's meditation because I'm not focusing on breathing or any of that. And I think in meditation, you're supposed to like let your mind think about nothing. I am focusing on every single detail, like literally playing high definition movies in my brain of what it is I'm working on and the positive outcome it's going to make. And so the when someone writes, Oh, this is a scam or whatever that, you know, I'll be at events. I'll be speaking on stage. And I'll have a heckler, like stand up, just talk crap or something, which, you know, happens every now and then when you're talking to 50,000 people a year, like I do, it's impo- It's impossible to not have those people. I'm just so clear on what it is I'm doing and what it is I'm focusing on because I've practiced and experienced it in my mind so many times that their their comments are totally meaningless to me. And not to pat myself on the back, but there was a quote that someone shared with me that says, lions are not concerned with the opinions of sheep and not saying, oh, I'm a lion and they're sheep or whatever. But like the point is, I'm up to such big stuff that these people who... God bless them have been not loved as a child or whatever it is. It's put them like their opinions are so insignificant to me. It's just, it just doesn't matter to me. And and if it, if it does, it's not for longer than a minute or two because then I refocus on what it is I'm up to. And so that's basically it. I I literally do these visualization exercises. I have been on stage at thrive 10,000 times. I mean, not that, but like a thousand times in my brain and the events never happened yet. I already have heard the applause from the crowd. I have heard and read the reviews in my mind of people saying that their lives will never be the same. And when I have someone heckle or nay say about it, good luck to you in your life and whatever it is that you're up to, but they can't slow me down. I think that's the big thing is that I've already experienced the success. So when people say I won't succeed, it's just, it's it can't stop me. I can't think more about it because it's just totally irrelevant. I think that's my big help.
0: Exactly. And I, I am a believer to the nth degree as well on the power of visualization, whether you're visualizing complete failure or success, right, you're going to live into that. And our mind can go a couple of different ways. And the power of that is is tangible when you're around somebody who believes with their whole heart what they stand for. That being said, you also mentioned Tim Ferriss and a business coach or a business mentor. I couldn't be a bigger believer and proponent of mentorship. Who along your path has helped you with the beliefs that you have in visualization or anything else as it relates to success strategies that you would consider your number one mentor? And how did you go about finding them? as I know a lot of people listening um, struggle with that area of reaching out for help and where to find somebody.
1: Let me talk about mentorship first, because uh, you said you know something that made me think back over all my mentors. I have been mentored by men and women who don't even know I'm alive, some of which died decades before I was born, like Henry Ford. So- I think one thing i want to clear up real quick is that a lot of people think mentorship is an official arrangement where you have scheduled times maybe even paying somebody i've been in those i'm in those now and that is true but i've been mentored by oprah i've read oprah's story i know what she's gone through uh and if you haven't read the whole story of oprah you should like talk about a gnarly gnarly childhood she doesn't know i'm alive but i've learned a tremendous amount from her and she's someone who i would say has mentored me same thing with again henry ford died years before I was born centuries or not centuries, sorry, decades before I was born. Yet I have watched that man's career, read his quotes and he's mentored me. So uh, some people say, Cole, it's easy for you to get a mentor cause you can pay them. I'm just starting up. I can't pay a mentor. Well then you don't understand mentorship. Of course there are the paid arrangements, but then there are those as well. So to get my belief is a combination of dozens of mentors I've had over the years. Some I've been in official arrangements with others who died long before I was born. But, one, you know, since you ask for who's probably made the biggest, is probably who's mentoring me now. His name is Than Merrill. Uh, he's the star of the show Flip This House on A&E. Uh, he's, his businesses do hundreds of millions a year. That's plural, hundreds of millions a year. I talked to Than for an hour every single week on Tuesday when we're recording this episode right now, this is a Monday tomorrow morning from 10 to 11 AM. I will be on the phone call with fan and have been on that Tuesday call with him now for three and a half years and being able to have direct access to a man who is running a dozen companies, one of which does hundreds of millions a year, collectively do hundreds and hundreds of millions a year has probably made the biggest influence of my life of how I run my companies of seeing how he manages this, he's a husband and father as well, making his wife and his son still priority number one in his life, yet being able to run companies that are doing hundreds of millions. His approach to business has probably been the biggest aha for me in how, you know, not just my mindset, but how I approach, how I make money and still prioritize the things that most matter in life. So if you're looking for one name, I'd say it's Than Merrill, who I'm actively being mentored by now. But I also want to just point out to individuals who are like, well, good for you. You can mentor with Than Merrill. I, he wouldn't even answer my email. Maybe not yet, but Than wouldn't have answered my email 10 years ago either. And so, you know, realize that all the content out there, you know, these people can be mentoring you as well.
0: So you walked right into my next question, which is exactly that. We don't all have access to maybe everybody that we'd like to have access to, but if there is somebody that you think, gosh, this person is one step ahead of me and and knows a bit more than what I do, is that what you did back in the day before you were the coal hatter that we all know now? Did you just blindly reach out to somebody and say, hey, I could use your help? Or what is that first step?
1: So yeah, the, where I am today is 10 years of Massive failures. I have failed so many more times than I've succeeded. But lucky for me, my handful of successes have more than compensated for the failures and have put me in a pretty, pretty sweet spot. And so I am where I am today. Uh, again, because of doing it. I, I love what I watched a video of Gary Vaynerchuk, He's a friend of mine and a speaker at Thrive. And uh, it's an Ask Gary V show. If, if any of your audience watches that, it's a great. You know, usually anywhere between one to ten minutes of Gary just. Answering questions and someone asked about how to build a huge following in a in a big audience And he said go do something worth learning about like everyone wants to have never succeeded in life But get 10,000 followers on Twitter or Instagram to then be able to sell them and try to succeed He says that's backwards go be successful. So, you know I went out there and was an absolute nobody who nobody cared to hear what I had to say and just I followed people. I listened to Tony Robbins. I did all the typical stuff, but the big thing was I took action. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. There's so much content out there that's free. I consumed it, but then I used it. I think that's my secret. People are like, cool, what's your secret to success? When successful people told me something, I actually did it and it worked for me. Go figure uh, To a, to a very small degree. But then after 10 years of doing that, now I'm succeeding at, at a bigger degree. So that's one thing. But then number two, you asked specifically, like, how did I get them to personally start mentoring me? Well, uh, let's talk about Fan again. This is a great example. Fan is someone who at the time I crossed paths with him was out of my sphere of influence. The guy, like I said, he's a reality TV star. He makes gazillions of dollars. He's a freaking baller. And at the point where our paths crossed, I was just beginning to finally come up, right? I'd been an entrepreneur for about five and a half years at that point. And I attended one of fans' events. I sat in his audience. I watched what he did on stage. And I, I watched his company. I went to his website. I literally basically stalked the guy online and thought of every possible way And this is huge for your audience. So if anyone's taking notes, take notes on this. I thought of every possible way that I could give him a suggestion that would be beneficial for him personally, how he spoke or his company, even the colors of his websites, etc. And I spent like a week thinking of probably over a hundred different little or big suggestions for Than, knowing that I'm a nobody. And he's like, why would ever listen to this guy's advice? Things that I thought he could do even better in a respectful way, not saying, oh, my God, you were terrible, fix this but things that might make it even better for him. And then I did what I call memorable moments. Instead of sending Than, I ended up getting his email. So that was the big the big aha is by by searching I found his email. Instead of sending him this massive email that he would have never had time to read because it was 100 suggestions and literally would be an hour's worth of reading that someone that successful doesn't have time to read. I only picked two to four to maybe five suggestions per email and I emailed that dude every three days, every three to four days religiously for months, literally for three months. I would just send him maybe a hundred words like super quick so he could read it. Hey, Than, Cole again uh, I also wanted to tell you this 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 and this best of luck See you at the top Cole three or four days later Oh and Than, another few few thing I looked at your website and when I click on your Twitter link It's an error 404 have your web guy fix this so that you're actually capturing You know that social media audience best of luck see you at the top Cole and I literally did that for three months No response. I didn't even know if he was reading it three months later. He responded and said let's meet And I literally stared at that email for like 10 freaking minutes. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Than Merrill just emailed me and said, let's meet in person. So I freaking hopped in my car. He lives in San Diego, California. I'm in Orange County. I drove the hour and a half South and I sat in his office and I, he gave me 60 minutes and for 60 minutes, I only talked about him, how he could do better, how he could this, how he could that. At the end of that 60 minutes, he offered me an opportunity to be a part of one of the companies he was starting of educating people how to be entrepreneur real estate investors because he knew that I was succeeding in the real estate industry. Fast forward to today, I now speak for Than. I'm under contract with his company, Fortune Builders, to travel around the country to speak and teach on his stages, his audiences, as well as being personally mentored him and getting an hour call a week, like I said, every single Tuesday. And so to get that person's attention four years ago, I was in a position in my career where no one cared what I had to say. I hadn't made a million dollars yet. I was not a millionaire yet. Uh, And as a result of just literally creating value and never asking for anything from Finn, only sending him suggestion after suggestion after suggestion, he opened enough of those emails, enough time, it got me some FaceTime. I sat there for an hour, told him how he could do things even better in a respectful way. And that was how I finally got the opportunity I got today. So for anybody who has that person that you know who they are in your industry is like the key player, do that. Start doing something in a way that helps them, uh, you know, distribute their podcast, share it on your social media. I, I actually have hired somebody now who works for me because they reposted everything I posted on Twitter. They were like obsessed with me. And I was like, dude, who are you? Like, All you do is promote me. I've never even heard of you before. And that opened our communication because literally, I mean, it was like, I would just respond to somebody like Michelle, you'd reach out to me and I would respond to you on Twitter. He would retweet that. It's like, who are you, dude? And so now he works for me. And so um, without an ulterior motive, going to successful people and helping them gets noticed. Maybe it takes three months of emailing every few days, but they will take notice. And if you've never asked and only given, it will come back to you. It works for me. It can work for you as well. Uh, and I mean, there's the story of Richard Branson. There's, there's a dude that literally called his office every single day, every day for a year. I think this is what inspired me to do this with fan and Richard would ignore his call. But after 365 days or something like that of every single day, never missing a call, Richard took that guy's phone call and they now own a business together. It was this huge story. I think it was in Forbes. I read this. And that type of persistence works with people who are so far out of your sphere of influence, you don't even think they would ever talk to you. You never know if you just totally are about giving to them and asking for nothing what could happen. And I would tell people to start doing that today.
0: I hope everybody was taking notes because there are so many huge points to be made there. Certainly one of the biggest being add value, right? Bring value to people before you're ever asking for anything in return. Never, ever giving up and persistence pays. And that story is brilliant. I hope everybody uh, was taking note and has some sort of massive action that they can take as soon as this podcast is over to get them that much closer to a mentor that they would like to spend time with. Totally. All right, Cole, we're in the last couple of minutes here. So this is going to be the quick questions. Single best advice for somebody who wants to be a game changer and truly make a difference. What is that?
1: Acknowledge that you have a purpose. This doesn't have to be a religious thing for people who have no religious beliefs. Let's take one step down, regardless of why you believe you're here as a person. I have beliefs around that. Let's just all, whether it's God, the universe, a bang or whatever, let's just all agree that we're here. So now that we can universally agree, again, regardless of religious beliefs that we are alive today, understand that you're not here accidentally and that there's some work, something that you're supposed to contribute with the time you're here. And I don't think being a game changer is someone that just tiptoes to their grave and arrives safely. Someone that's just about making money and buying themselves stuff. Do that. Go be successful. Go buy yourself stuff. But if that's where you hold your value, you are going to miss out on what life was all about. There's something that you're meant to do. Acknowledge that. Find that. Make making money the point of that. Don't make money for money's sake make money for what it enables you to do and living in that purpose. And that's the biggest piece of advice I can ever give anyone is no matter who you are or where you live to know that your life experiences, what you were born with and what you've been taught give you a perfect, unique combination to make some positive difference in the world. So Cole,
0: since you are a game changer and are making an amazing positive difference in this world, there obviously is a core belief that you hold to be true that has gotten you where you are. What is that core belief that you hold that stays with you day in and day out through the good times and the bad times to see you through?
1: My core belief is that I what I just shared with you, I, I believe it with all my heart. And I also believe that at the end of this life, and that that time is coming for all of us, when I look back on the years that I had, that uh, I'll have to answer for the time and the effort I used with the talents, abilities, skills, and opportunities I was given And I want to be able to point at my life and say, I wasted none of it that I used every opportunity, every ability, every skill, every talent. I used every ounce of all of it. And I left it all on the field. And uh, it is that belief that uh, I think has gotten me where I am now is that uh, not only do I believe we all have that purpose, but I believe I'm going to have to answer for whether I lived it or not. And I want to be able to, with absolute certainty say I gave it my all.
0: Absolutely. Now, if someone is listening today that is inspired by what they've heard and wants to help champion your cause for the things that you are doing to be a game changer in the world, what is the best way that they can support you in helping your mission move forward at this point?
1: Well, we've, we've basically, uh, th- that's awesome. The, the questions you've been asking are basically like what Thrive's all about. So you can always come to Thrive. That's at thrivelasvegas.com. And obviously you'll be there as well. So that'd be cool for your audience to get a chance to meet you in person. Uh, you already said in the beginning, colehatter.com is where kind of everything's hubbed around. Uh, so, you know, they could visit either of those websites and if they want to see anything on social media, everything's just at Colhatter one word. And uh, you know, those are really the, the areas to find me and see what I'm up to and participate in what we've got going on.
0: Awesome. Well, I honestly cannot thank you enough for your time, not only for this podcast, but the one we tried before this podcast that uh, that uh, nobody else got to hear but you and I. So thank you for your time, your generosity, and mainly for your spirit and what you're bringing to the world. Uh, the world needs a whole lot more of uh, coal hatters out there, and I appreciate you and everything that you stand for and look forward to uh, seeing you in Las Vegas in October. Everybody, make sure that you check out the sites that we talked about, thrivelasvegas.com, October 16th through 18th. Love to uh, see you there and to continue to get inspired. Thank you, Cole, very much.
1: Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.